Good morning and welcome to Faithbrook Church. If we haven't met yet, I'm Chrissy Thompson, our Children's and Family Director. We're so glad you're here with us on this awesome fall kickoff Sunday. And if you are a regular attender or you are a guest and visiting for the first time, we hope that you can stick around for all the delicious food and lots of fun to be had out on the side lawn. So grab a cup of coffee and we'll see you out there. Well, our mission here at Faithbrook is to love God, love people and journey together. And a great way to journey together is through our life groups. Life groups meet maybe every week or every other week where you get a chance to connect with people and grow in our faith group community. Our family is a part of one and we have found such great value in it. And trust me, as a hockey family, our schedules fill up, um, but we have found great value in prioritizing and being a part of our life group. Well, our life groups are open today for you to sign up. Um, the best way to do so is through our Church Center app under Groups or you can go to our website and check out Next Steps and find that groups option as well. I hope that you take advantage of this and the opportunity to grow in your faith with your family. Well, let's now welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we kick off our series, Finding the Best You. Well, how many of you know what this is right here? Uh, young people, I want to introduce you to a cassette tape. Yes, this is what this is. It was before the CD. You might even know what a CD is. And these little cassette tapes were played on a stereo a cassette recorder. And, and when I was kind of growing up when I was younger, this was the best you could do. Oh, boy. It would be awesome, especially if <clears throat> your recorder device had a little Dolby on it. Man, oh, that was elite sound. That was the very best. But how many of you are still listening to a cassette tape? <clears throat> how many of you still have a dual deck in your home? I, I doubt that many of you are like, hey, come on over. I want you to listen to my cool sounds through my cassette tapes, right? You wouldn't think of that. In fact, how many of you would say, uh, this is the best way to listen to audible sounds? Or would you say, uh, that's a kind of less, uh, not the best? Well, this morning, we are diving in to our new series called Finding Your Best you. And I'm so glad that you come on our kickoff Sunday. I hope you're enjoying yourself. Hopefully later you can get out there and participate and have some fun, get to know some people. Uh, we, we will not <clears throat> have two services next Sunday. Uh, we just do this for our special Sundays, but we'll be back at 10 o'clock for the rest of, of the fall. And, uh, but we'll be continued in this five-part series called Finding Your Best You. Hopefully when you came in, you received a little a notebook. And uh, I would love for you to take some notes because I believe that this series can really be life transformational. Some things can really help you find your best you. Now, uh, there's a pen in front of you and your, and your chair you can use. If you don't want to take notes and you get really bored, you can just always doodle and uh, get through the hour, right? So, well, we're going to discover that finding our best you, a lot has, has to do with finding our worst you. All right? There's some things in our life or in our past that keep us from living our best life. Um, so we, we are going to kind of uh, use this analogy of this cassette tape. I, I would submit to you that a lot of times we are still rolling in our mind, in our soul, in our, in our hearts on old stories, old tapes. Now, now in the 70s and 80s, they had these boom boxes and uh, they came up with these dual decks. And one of the tricks for dual decks 
uh, was that you could make your own personal tape. We figured out that, that you, you bought the expensive tape, right? You put it in this side, and you got a blank tape, and, and you put it in that side, and you hit the dubbing, and you hit it at the same time. You, you could record and, and mask over your own personal song, right? I don't know if it was legal or not, but, but you could kind of make your own play a list right there on your tape, and oh, that was really cool, right? A lot of times... We are, are living in life in our minds through old stories, old thinking, old ways to view God or even especially ourselves. And we are not pursuing and living our best life. It kind of reminds me of a, a person back in the Old Testament that was really living on old stories, old thinking, old ways. His name was Gideon. And you can find his story back in the Old Testament book called Judges. Uh, and um, Gideon was part of uh, tribes of Israel. In fact, the Old Testament, many of you might know this, is mostly about the nation of Israel and their journey. How God kind of created them. He says, man, if I could just find one people, one nation that would follow me, I'd like to glorify them. I'd like them to reflect my heart, reflect my love, obey me, right? And so many of you know that in the Old Testament, you know, they found themselves in bondage of Egypt. And here comes Moses and God did some amazing miracles. And he says, man, I, I, I want to help you prosper. I want you to have a great life. I'm going to uh, plant you in this promised land. And so they made their pilgrims to this promised land. And, and the tribes all kind of spread out. And they settled. And there was good days. that They were obeying God and doing their best. But pretty soon, they kind of started drifting away from God. You know, we, we got things pretty good. You know, God's kind of old-fashioned. And I don't know if we need to keep up with all those rituals and traditions. And let's just kind of do our thing. And, and they started looking at some of the other cultures around there and some of the other uh, nationalities and say, hey, let's just kind of mingle and get it. And, and pretty soon, it just kind of broke God's heart. And so the Old Testament tells us that God just kind of took his favor off the nation of Israel. And all of a sudden, they found themselves weak. They found themselves not as resource. They found themselves at war. And, and there's problems. And, and this is kind of the story in the book of uh, Judges. It tells us in chapter 6, verse 1, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so God just said, hey, man, you want to do your own life? Go, go for it, right? And, and the, it tells us that for the next seven years... These arch enemies of the Israelites, the Midianites, they were attacking and they oppressed the God's people uh, so badly that they just ravaged them. A man, they tried to grow crops and they would just trample the crops. Uh, they would steal their livestock. They were pilgriming and, and killing and, and, and they found themselves, the Israelites found themselves just trying to run for their lives. Man, they were hiding in caves. They were hiding in ditches. They were just trying to uh, move around so they could survive. And, and this is kind of the scene. It tells us in verse 6 of that chapter that, the, that they started crying out to the Lord because they were being oppressed so much. And God started looking for someone who would be living their best life. God started looking for someone who would be brave and courageous, living their best life. Well, he, he, he found one. His name was Gideon. And we catch up the story in verse 11 where it says this. The angel of the Lord came down and sat down under the oak of Ophrah and belonged to Joash, the Abzerite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites. So he, he's in this, this uh, wine press uh, threshing wheat. Now, I want to just stop right here 
because this is <clears throat> curious. Uh, why is a guy threshing wheat? Well, us suburbanites, we're not sure what even threshing wheat is. But in the old days, they would take their stalks of wheat and they would beat that, those, those stalks of wheat so the chaff would fall off the, the kernel. The kernel would be left and that's where they would grind it up for, for um, bread and feed, and feed their family. And it usually it was a high place where the wind would blow and the chaff would get away and they had that pure kernel. But here, it says that he was in a wine press. Now here's a archaeological dig of an ancient wine press. We're not sure if Gideon was in this more of a sophisticated wine press, but people dug low. Uh, there they would use the force of gravity. They'd pile these up with grapes, right? They would press, they would smash, and, and then the juice would flow into a basin and, and they could qualify it there and, and the wind wouldn't pollute it. It was kind of in a, in a, a lower area, these wine presses. So here's Gideon. He, he's, he's underneath doing this unusual work of beating this wheat, right? Why is he doing that? Well, the word says that, that he's scared. He's afraid of the enemies is going to find him, right? So, so he's just kind of hiding out in this ditch, this, this pit, and trying to hang on to life, survive, and do life. Well, here's where I want to go with this. I think a lot of times it's a great word picture of where we are at mentally and spiritually, that a lot of times we are not at our best. We might be going through life, we're paying our bills, we're doing our work, trying to parent, whatever, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we find ourselves in a low place. We're just kind of hiding out. We don't have much uh, confidence. We, we, we don't, we don't, we're not sure, right? We're always worried about someone going to get us or something, so we're hiding out like Gideon. Well, the story goes on, and the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, Oh, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon's like, mighty warrior? Kidding me? I'm like Mr. Chicken down here, right? I got nothing, right? You, you see me as a warrior? I, I'm not sure that's, that's right. In fact, the word warrior means someone that is confident, someone that is a person of valor, someone that you can look up to, someone that is, is strong and has strength. And, and, and Gideon responds, we see in the next verse, he says, pardon me, Lord, He's like, excuse me, uh, not me. Uh, you don't know who you're talking to. And God's like, oh yeah, you're you're the, the you're the warrior. Well, well, immediately uh, um, he starts kind of pushing back, right? He, he starts pushing back and he says, well, but but if the Lord, if if you're with us. Why has all this happened to me? I, we've had seven years of oppression and war and calamity. Well, where are all, all the wonders that my ancestors told us about when they said, well, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? He's, see, he's heard these stories before, right? And, and, and he's, he's asking God, hey, if you're such a great God, uh, then why are we suffering here? I, th I thought you were all that. And they had miracles, but I don't have miracles. I haven't seen miracles. Uh, but now, Lord, you have, you have abandoned us and given us in the hands of Midian. So a lot of times, my friends, he does what we do. We go back to these old tapes in our life. We, we are rehearsing some things that we have seen in our past or we went through in our past that kind of curb and embed on our mind how we view God, how we view ourselves, how we view life. That is our default. That, that's where we go. Not, not me, God. I, I, I'm not a warrior. Uh-uh. Right, and, and because of these things in my past and what I've experienced, we are always kind of playing an old tape, an old message, an old voice, how we view ourselves, how we view life, and how we view God. 
I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Gideon heard his grandparents talk about the great miracles. Maybe the, the, the rabbi down at the, the synagogue was telling about how God delivered him. Right now he's like, man, we don't even have a synagogue. Right? Maybe he'd been through some trauma. Maybe he saw the enemies kill some relatives. Uh, where, where's his kids? Uh, maybe they're famine. And, and all this psychological emotions kind of just pouring on him. And, and here comes God showing up saying, hey, you're going to be the warrior. You are the warrior. He's like, pardon me? Uh-uh. And, and here's my, my tapes. Here's my mindset. Here's my old thinking that, that I view myself. And, and you're probably wrong. See, I would submit to you a lot of times, there are things in our past that kind of set our course how we view ourselves, how we cope through life, right? Have you ever noticed it, it could have just been one incident, right? Just w- one uh, a phrase. I, I heard a, a person telling me about how they were trying to befriend someone at work, uh, maybe influence them for Christianity and in Christ and start this friendship up. And, and they got to the place where he got to maybe share about church and maybe even invite him to Faithbrook in, in a day like this, right? And instantly he was kind of shut off, like, no, I'm not into God. I'm not into church. Uh, well, I'll share a little bit more of that. Well, when I was younger, right, this happened. And right there, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's 11 and 12. It just stained this person. And that's what got on, dubbed onto his brain, got dubbed on his life. And that's how he's navigating through life and viewing God is something just like Gideon. No, God, I'm not sure if I believe in you. Because I've seen, and you didn't show up, and I, I don't understand, and so don't look at me. Uh, I'm out. It just takes uh, one incidence, right? Sometimes it's, it's when we're younger, maybe, uh, some peers said something to us. And you're going home, and you're like, well, I, I guess I'm not invited. Maybe, maybe I'm not that smart, right? When I was growing up uh, in, in recess, um, the number one recess activity was kickball. That was a big deal. I think the teachers were just tired of us, and it's like, get out there and figure it out. Choose teams, right? But we'll just sit on the wall and watch you. And, and so everybody would get nervous because they'd had some captains, and everybody standing in there, and they start picking one at a time, right? And everybody knew, man, if you were the one, top one or two, oh, how about, man, you're a big kicker, and that's all great. But if you were one of the last ones, that didn't feel very good. And how many kids walk, walked into their class thinking, what's wrong with me? Everybody else got picked before me. That, that person didn't, that's not like me. Something's wrong with me, right? It can scar us. It can, it can hurt us. Now we can process through life and we go through life. And, but little things like that can hurt us. Sometimes it's a matter of bullying, right? Or people laughing at us. And before we know, we're, we're, we're less. We're not a warrior. And, and we struggle the rest of our life. And this, I think, what Gideon was dealing with. When God shows up and says, man, I see something great in you. But what we're going to learn from Gideon is God sees our best when we think we're less. God views us as our best life uh, and living and thriving in him. But honestly, privately, we're like, "Mm, we think a little less of ourselves, just like Gideon, Uh, this valiant warrior. That's how God sees you. It's, It's hard to imagine that. You're thinking, well, valiant warrior, it's the person sitting next to me or the person on the platform or, or someone down the street. Not, not me, God. I'm, I'm, I'm not the warrior. Could it be that we all kind of don't see ourselves as our best, that we see ourselves less? And probably because of some things in our past that kind of marred us, that kind of uh, embedded in us. But God's word tells us that he believes in us. 
He believes in us so much that he came to die for us and, and redeem us from the scars, redeem us from the wounds, redeem us from those maybe remarks, to restore us that we are warriors, that we are people of valor. We are people of integrity and strength and, and confidence. See, God didn't come all the way down to, to suffer on a cross for all of us to live in a pit, uh, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, to, to, to say, well, God, I know you love me and down on the cross, but I'm not sure, and, and, and I'm just going to stay at home, and, and I worry what people think, and, and I'm really a loser, and, uh, and th- this is kind of the, 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 the tape that's playing the old stories in our, our life, and we don't find our best self. This is Gideon's story. So the Lord uh, returned to him and turned to him and said, well, I want you to go in your strength that, that you have and save Israel out of Midian hands. And am I not sending you? Just whatever you got, hey, I'm, I'm with you. You can go, uh, go get them. And, and again, he's like, what? I, I'm not sure. Because see, God sees our best when we are thinking ourselves less. I'll never forget um, um, a statement, and you can write these, this down in your, in your book, is by Steve Cuss, who says, there are two gospels, the gospel in our head and the gospel in the Bible. The gospel in our head and the gospel in our Bible. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of times we are putting more faith into the voices and the thoughts and the old messages that's rolling around in the back of our head than we are what God thinks of us through his word and in his Bible. A lot of times we find ourselves privately, secretly second-guessing ourselves, being anxious, being, being nervous, right? And before we know it, we're just kind of sinking back in that wine press. We're sinking back in that ditch, right? And, and we just want to live there. And, and most people say, hey, you're functioning. you got a house. you got kids. You, you know. and, but man, it's secretly, underneath the surface, we're, we are like, whoa, what's going to happen next? I'm not sure what the boss thinks. I'm not sure what my peers think. And, and we're just grinding through life. Uh, I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, this Vanessa Van Edwards. And, and she's a popular a TED Talk speaker, highly confident. And so she's getting in the interview. She says, I wasn't always this way. She says, I had a lot of baggage. I had a lot of insecurities in my life to even get up on stage. I mean, that was so frightening to me. She says, I was the one that always overthought things, right? What are people thinking? And, and I'd be like in the room, just kind of reading the room and worried about uh, what people thought of me and my dress right and do I have enough, right? And I'd go home and I'd be like, man, I, I think, uh, you know, Susie was upset with me. And my husband was like, well, what makes you think that way? And he, she's like, yeah, you know, he just, she didn't say anything to me. So obviously she must be upset with me. And the husband's like, well, honey, I, maybe not. And so she was just closing that a lot of times she was thinking from an old set of tape. She's still thinking about how people viewed her or said something in her past. And then when she walks into her profession or she walks into her family or socially, there's always this, this ditch mindset, this lower mindset instead of our best you. Because God's always viewing us as our best. We're a lot of times thinking of our less. So once again, Gideon kind of pushes back. And when God says, hey, you go to attack these people, I'm with you, you can do it. He says, pardon me. And, and look what, how he replied. But how can I, how can I save Israel? <laughs> yeah, not me, right? Uh, uh, my clan is the weakest. Uh, uh, Manasseh, and, and I'm the least of my family. Now, how did he get to this place, right? Uh, uh, but how can I? Right? He, he sees himself so much lesser. Right? Could it be there were things in his past 
I don't know, maybe in school, maybe with his peers, maybe in his families. And then he just said, you know what? This is how I view myself. It's an old thought story. I would say it's a lie from the enemy that says, I'm not that good. I, I, somebody else. You, you call someone else, someone else is stronger, better, more holy. That's who you love, God. That's who you need. And then he says, you know, my, my clan. Well, his clan wasn't the strongest. Uh, there were uh, 13 of these tribes and, and the, uh, Manassas, they were kind of like the, the lost tribe. Uh, they were weak and they didn't pay attention to God. The other tribes, they were kind of, some of them had some, some titles and um, some purposes, but not his. And, and that's his family. And he's like, there's nothing. Maybe he was sitting at the table and he's heard his parents saying, yeah, God's not with us anymore. And maybe he's that 10-year-old. Maybe he's that 12-year-old. And he's thinking, yeah, we're losers. It's those other tribes. They got the priests and they got the soldiers and stuff. And we're no good. So when God comes and says, hey, I believe in you. I see you as a warrior. You're saying, well, not my family. Because all my life I'm told I'm, I'm down here. I'm, I'm less. And, and we find ourselves in this pit, in this ditch, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. And God's like, no, but, but, but you're a warrior. He says, yeah, and I'm, the, I'm the least of my family. How did he get to that conclusion? Do you ever feel like that? I've had thoughts like that. Man, I look around at my family. I look around at my peers. I'm like, man, there's other people that are much more successful, much more talented, right? They're much more popular. They got more status. They got more resume, right? And I'm, I'm the weakest. Maybe he had a, a, a sister or a brother. It's like, hey, Gideon, you're scrawny. I can, I can tell you're, you're a sicky kid, and you're never going to be a warrior, Right? You're the shortest of all the peers. Maybe you had some older siblings, man. They were all that. Everybody liked them, and they were warriors, but not, not Gideon. So when God says, hey, you're going to be my warrior, man. I see you as a warrior. He's like, no, I'm the least. I'm, I'm the least. And there it is. There he is sitting in that pit, sitting in that, that emotional, psychological, fearful little pit down there, trying to manage life. Ian Morgan Crone says, from the time we enter the world, we begin crafting a story that helps us make sense of giving meaning to the painful things that happen to us. We start crafting a story how to cope with the pain in our life, right? I have to admit to you that, that God has kind of taken me through the last couple of years some territory that I didn't want to go to. You know, frankly, I, I didn't have too much trauma in my life. I, I grew up in a pretty functional Christian family. So surely I, I got no problems, right? I should be one of the most secure, happy guys, right? But, but if I look underneath the surface, there's some insecurities. There's some, there's some old messages. And, and, and maybe it wasn't big T trauma, but maybe some small T trauma. Maybe that one incident or what that peer said or happen, kind of framed my mind for the rest of my life. I, I had to overcome. I had, I had to deal with my personality and, and choices. Sometimes even is handed down genetically from our family. What they modeled for us or, or just some of their insecurities were even physically brought into our lives and, and our bodies. And so we're, we're wrestling, right? And we find how to cope. We find how to craft a story. We, sometimes we overcompensate, Right? So someone says, well, you're, you're not very smart. Well, I'll show you. And for the rest of my days, we're going to make straight A's, right? You're, you're never going to amount to much, right? You're, well, I'll show you, and I'll be driven for the rest of my life to make accomplishments and build my resume and my titles because I am going to be someone. I am going to be successful. 
Maybe you weren't invited to the party or kind of shunned. And, and so you're like, man, that was painful. I, I'm going to make sure that I'm popular. Look at me. Look how funny. Look how cool I am, right? Invite me. Love me. All comes down to those incidents and those pains that kind of shape our life, right? We're, we're overcompensating. Uh, sometimes uh, maybe somebody made fun of you. And, and before you know it, it's like, man, I, I'm just going to crawl over here and just be quiet. If I'm just really quiet and just kind of disappear, then I won't be noticed and I won't have to go through that painful incident that happened to me. And that's how we manage through life. Sometimes we find ourselves kind of insecure, a lot of anxiety. They tell us that if you grew up with parents that were kind of chaotic, you're with parents that maybe had some dysfunction, you didn't know what parents going to show up and if they blow up or whatever, and you're always on pins and needles. And so you kind of carry that over into your own life and, and you're nervous and you're worried and looking out, what, what, what's dad going to say or, and do? And, and that all shows up in our families, that all shows up in our marriages, that all shows up in our, our relationship and even our relationship with God. All, all this kind of baggage that... God is that we carry. I've noticed a lot of times this crosses over into sin. You know, we're doing one fine one day, but the next day, man, something triggers us, something does with it, and man, we are piping off. We're melting down. We're lashing out. Man, we are saying things and doing things that are not of God, right? We're hurting people. Sometimes we have so much arrogance and pride that we just, we got to show everybody that we're the greatest, right? If we have to step on somebody or gossip on somebody uh, or just kind of tear someone down, we're, we're crossing over to, to things of ungodly things. You, you wonder why some scandals happen. I, I'm just like, whoa, how, how did that minister, if you will, get involved with that or even cross over to some crimes and find themselves in jail? What, what, what happened there? Uh, why is that person addicted to pornography? Why is that person almost addicted to, to alcohol and stuff? Uh, are they just a jerky person? Are they just bad? Usually it comes back down to some wounds that have never been de- dealt with. Some of these false gospels that are in their head saying, man, you're, you're a loser. You'll never amount to anything. You're, you're, you're no good. And so how we cope and how we medicate ourselves and how we just try to traverse through life really circles back to these wounds that a lot of times people do not want to address. We just, we're in our wine press, we're making bread. Hey, we're feeding our family. Don't mess with me. And we all are carrying around some old gospels, some old tapes, like carrying around a a cassette. We're still listening to cassette when God has a new voice, new things, uh, new truths for our life. See, remember, God sees our best even when we think less. So here comes uh, the angel of the Lord, comes back to Gideon and says, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, uh, leaving none alive. I mean, you're going to have victory, right? And if you read the rest of Judges, you'll see that little bit by little bit, Gideon starts getting some confidence. Gideon is a work in progress. And my friends, we're all in a work of progress. And I want to encourage you to come back the next four weeks and bring your notebook, man, and, and write some things down. Maybe God's speaking to you. Maybe there's some things on the screen. You're like, yes, I need to remember that, right? Because I also have some false gospels in my head. But there's some true gospels in the word of God that I need to learn. So what are those things? And, and so Gideon started learning. And, and God would bring him into these dilemmas that would cause Gideon to have to trust him 
to seek him. And then when there was a victory and there was something overcoming, he would say, that's God, right? And next thing you know, he's coming out of his pit. He's coming out of his low spot and he's getting uh, some, some courage and he is becoming that valiant, a courageous, strong leader. And before you know it, he's one of the heroes in the Old Testament. You go into the book of Judges, he's one of five iconic he, uh, Jewish heroes like Samson and, and Esther. There's Gideon. But we find Gideon in a low place, mostly spiritually, mentally, emotionally. But God started calling him to be at his best, to find his best. And God's calling us to find our best self through him. And one of the ways we can do that, may I encourage you, is acknowledge where we're at. See, I mean, I mean, you might not believe this. You don't have to believe this. But I think there's a little bit of Gideon in all of us. I finally came to the conclusion, maybe I wasn't that all that, that perfect, right? And maybe I had some insecurities. Maybe there were some old tapes that I've been working on. A smile on my face, and I'm up there preaching. But maybe there's some ghosts. Maybe there's some trauma in my past that I had to, had to dig, and I have to get some therapy and get some help with to live alive and find my best you and not always have to be psychologically and emotionally in this ditch worrying about others and, and insecurities, right, to come alive. But we have to get there and say, maybe, maybe we got some baggage. Maybe, maybe there were some things in my past. It wasn't that perfect. Some of you might be saying, yeah, I know there was trauma. And we're going to be talking about that next week. Uh, what to do with the little traumas and the big traumas. And, and God, how can God heal us? The second thing, probably the best thing, is to recognize who God says you are. And there are a lot of times there's a gap. We, we know what the preachers say. We know what the Bible, we think we do. We haven't read it lately, but we know what the guy, but I am back. My, I don't think I'm there, right? I don't think I'm a warrior. And I want to encourage you to write down some of the facts that are in the Bible. See, a lot of times we're either, we're even driven by our emotions and the false gospels and the false lies that the devil wants us to live in, or we got to go to the word and say, now, what, what does God say who I am? And the word of God says, one of the things is that you can be forgiven because we all have some stuff in our past that we regret. And we know that shame God and God wouldn't be happy with. But God says, man, I so love you. If you repent and you're sincere, then I will forgive you and, and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. Your, your slate can be made clean that, that you're like, I got nothing against God and God has nothing against me. I'm, I'm free in Christ. The Bible tells us that there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I would submit to you a lot of times we, 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 in our back of our mind, we're like, we're we're condemned. Yeah, I I know uh, I'm probably not good enough for God and I didn't read my Bible and we're walking around in condemnation, but the word says, "Uh oh, that's false. That's a lie. The truth of the matter is, it says, if you're in Christ, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Live free, live whole, man. Come to church, worship God, because my heart is clean. That's a good place to be, my friends. That's a fact. I'd write that down. I'd also write down that God has chosen you, chosen you to be his children. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures in Romans 8 talks about this, the spirit of, of fear that we have a lot of times. It says, for those who God led, uh, are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So you got to ask yourself, I ask myself, Hey, are you more bent to yourself? Are you more bent to the spirit of God? I'm like, man, I think I'm into God. Man, I'm into you. It's says, you're a child of God. That's a fact. No matter how you feel, or what people say about it, or what think of you, you're a children of God. And, and, and Paul, who wrote this to these Christian 
Christians and Romans, he knows that they're a little nervous too, right? Uh, they're kind of minority and there's a lot of stress in there and they're kind of a fear. So he says, hey, the spirit you received does not make you a slave so that you have to live in fear again. I think there's a lot of anxiety in our, in our society today. The experts tell us that uh, we have the highest level of anxiety. People are nervous. Uh, you know, am I going to have a job tomorrow? How am I going to pay bills? Am I good enough? You know, am I going on and on and on, right? We have this, this, this bondage to the anxiety. Says that that's not what you received. We got to tell ourselves that. We'll write that down. I, I don't have to live in fear, right? You know why I don't have to live in fear? Because I've been adopted by God, that I'm a son or a daughter of God. And by that, we cry, Abba, Father. That's a term for a good father. We would in English we call daddy, right? And if that's true that my father in heaven is a good father, then good fathers love their children. You know, even when there's some roughness and some disappointments, and good fathers want to help their children, right? And I don't have to live under this. Well, I'm not good enough. Uh, if someone else is more holy, there's someone else that God favors, right? And, and, and I can, we can live free because of the fact of what the word of God is. And so when the falseness comes of, of what someone told us or what the devil wants us to remember, say, no, I'm going to believe in the word of God. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to recite it every day. The spirit himself testifies with us that our spirit, we are children of God. Okay, if I'm a children of God, I got nothing to hide, right? Who's your daddy? right? I, I, I might not have the biggest resume, the, the fattest paycheck, or the coolest car, or the, or the, the best clothes, or whatever, but I'm free. I, my dad's the, the, the heavenly father, right? He's in supply. I'm going to read his word. And before you know it, I'm coming out of my hole. Before you know it, I'm finding my best you, because of the word of God, like Romans 8. See, this adoption thing's a big deal, if you know anybody's adopted some, some kids, uh, Americans adopted, it costs a lot, does it not, right? They put you through the ringer, qualify you, and you caught a cough off a lot of money, and you think you're going to bring those kids into your home, and then you're going to say, well, I don't care about you. No, uh, parents who adopt kids love those kids like their own. And they're going to watch them. They're going to try to get to provide for their schooling. They're going to make sure they have bed and food and clothes and all those kinds of things. They love them because they paid a high price. My friends, Jesus Christ paid a high price for you. He went all the way to the cross. And when he's dying on that cross, he's not hoping that you just barely make it to heaven, that you're barely a Christian. But most of the time, mentally, emotionally, you're down in this hole thinking, well, I'm, I don't know if I'm good enough. You know, I'll just fake it through life, right? He wants you to find your best you to be free in him, to live holy in him. And so we, we have to find the truths instead of the lies that are always playing that was marked on us maybe in some negative incidences. The Bible tells us in Ephesians that we are dearly loved children, dearly loved children. Now, now one of the things that people struggle with sometimes is that you've heard it a million times that God loves you, right? Yes, God loves you. But I think sometimes there's a little question, yeah, but does he like me? Because sometimes I can be a screw-up. Sometimes I can disappoint him. Sometimes my personality. And other people, people, you know, maybe avoid me, so probably God avoids me. I don't think he likes me. The Bible tells us that not only loves us, but he sees us as his children. We are dearly loved children. Hebrews 12 tells us the joy set before God, he endured the cross. Guess who the joy is? You. We're going to talk about that more in the next couple of weeks, right? So that is the truth, rather than the false gospels that are in the back of our 
head. There, there was a, a gentleman I've been trying to, to mentor and help, and he, he's coming out of his hole, right? He's got a long way to go, and, and he, he said to me, he says, you know, uh, every step forward I take, uh, I struggle a little time because my dad's voice is always in my head. My dad's voice. Well, tell me about your dad. Well, he had some good assets, hard worker, provided for his family, but he struggled with alcoholism. And sometimes he, he did some things and said some things to me, and I always have that tape playing in my head. Exactly. It might, you might not have had a dad that, that said some things back here. might have had some other incidences, right? But that's not what we need to live into. We can be free. This is what we can live into. No matter how we grew up, no matter what our past has been, uh, God views us at our best. We're always struggling with viewing ourselves less. Uh, Mark Rutland, in the book, Courage to be Healed, says one of the practices that you could do, or he suggests, is to say this as often as you can to help heal you and get the right perspective. You delight in me, and I delight in you, Lord. To tell yourself, retrain your brain and say, you know, God, you do delight in me. I don't delight in myself sometimes, right? But the word says you do. I'm going to believe that. And by the way, God, I love you. I delight in you. And there's that intimacy. There's that, that relationship, right? He chose. He forgave. He believes. He sees us as a warrior. And God wants to heal us from our past. I, I just want to suggest to you that a lot of times... We got some healing to be doing. And next week, we're going to talk about that. We're going to, we're going to talk about God's heart, uh, that, that there's the physical healing, yes. But a lot of times, our biggest problem is not our physical healing. It's our mental, emotional healing that God wants us to be healed from. Uh, Corinthians tells us, you know, that the old is gone and the new has come. That we can thrive. We don't have to always go back to the old. The old false lies in the voice that we can live free and whole in him. The new has come through Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is a healer. Jesus Christ was back there in the, the darkness. Jesus Christ was back there in the fourth grade, in the fifth grade, in the, the ninth grade, when maybe you were rejected or dumped at the prom or your parents split up or, or there was some pain and trauma in your life. He was there. And he says, you're my warrior. Why we're like, no, I'm not your warrior. Yes, you are. Live free, live whole. God sees our best, even when we think we're less. And, and before you know it, my friends, it starts making a difference in your life. It starts making a difference in your relationships. It starts making a difference in your employment. It makes a difference with your kids. Because instead of walking around in your house, always thinking about what you're worried about or what's, what's, what's painful in your life and getting triggered and anxious and all this kind of stuff, we can say, you know, here's the truth of God that God has me. I, I, I don't have to worry so much because God's already there. The Bible tells me. He tells me that if I even go through the valleys, the shadow of death, he says, he's going to comfort me. And he is comforting me. I'm going to claim that. I'm going to believe that. He tells us to walk by the green pastures and find those still waters to replenish your soul so I'm not always worried and worn out and mad and grumpy that I can live free. Sometimes even in my own family, man, I had to confess, I had to repent and say, you know, sometimes I, my mind was just so spinning with, with problems, projects, issues, right? And, and my, my, they said, are you with us, Jim? I'm like, what, what, what? I wasn't present. Why was that? Because probably some of the things that happened in my past, God's helped me do weird. I can live free. I, he's got it. You know, what do you need? I'm with you, Right. Hey, you're a much better husband now. <laughs> you're, 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 you're not as on edge as, as a father. Yes, right. Because I'm coming out of my pit. I, I want to find my best. Your family deserves your best. Your employer deserves your best. So you can walk into that 
stressful challenge with corporations, right? And those irritating people. And, and a lot of times it's like, man, I, I don't have to just succumb to whatever that thought is in my life and just melt down or be angry. That problem, that person's probably got stuff rattling in their brain, right? That makes them irritating or grumpy or whatever. And I'm okay. I don't always have to be the best. I don't have to have all the titles. I don't have to have all the attention, right? I can live free and whole in Christ. Well, I want to challenge you to continue to discover with me that this is all about a, a personal formation. This is all about reformatting our heart. This is all about reformatting our, our mind that we can live whole and find our best you through Christ. And that's exactly what Gideon did, right? He got out of that wine press. He started going to war, man, and he started believing and God did some incredible things through his life. You know, if there, if there was ever an anthem or a song uh, that he might march to of a modern day, it was probably the song that we're going to sing and close our service out. It, it's called The Child of God. Remember, he's always battling. Well, maybe I'm not a child of God. Maybe I'm less. But he started reading the truth and knowing the truth and know he was a child of God. This song starts like this. Free at last, he has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, he died for me. That's a fact, right? And so who, who the son sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Let, let's stand this morning. Let me pray. <clears throat> and then we'll close with a song. Jesus, we thank you for these historical stories in the Bible. People like us, like Gideon, who found himself hiding just physically, but also emotionally. He didn't see himself as a warrior, but you did. I pray that that one message would go deep in people's hearts. Whatever they think about themselves, God, you think higher. I pray you help us all, God, to believe the truth, that we can be a child of God, we are a child of God, and we can live free and whole, living our best self. Help us now, God, to rejoice in that. In Jesus' name, amen.